WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, February 12th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center could see some sun this morning. Otherwise, it's going to be a mostly cloudy day, high 49. Tonight and overnight, a mix of snow and rain, low 33. And then tomorrow, we'll see a snow and rain mix. Could get, actually, really three to five inches of snow here in the city. Now, that's the thought right now. It's going to have to get a little colder than it is. Uh, you'll get a little more north and west of the city. Of course, keep it here. We'll have all the details on the storm. The high tomorrow going to be 41. If you're walking out the the door with us right now. It is 38 and cloudy in Old Westbury out on Long Island, 37 and cloudy in Kenilworth down in New Jersey, and it is 36 and clear here in Midtown. A whole lot to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. Did you watch the Super Bowl last night? Now, I always think if you're listening to me at five in the morning, chances are you probably didn't stay up to watch the entire game. It went into overtime. No doubt you probably know the score at this point. The Chiefs beat the 49ers 25-22. to 22. I stayed up to watch the whole thing, and right now I actually feel okay, which is surprising. But um, uh, at some point I just got tired of watching Jim Nance and Tony Romo. And Jim Nance doesn't really bother me, and I can't really explain why Tony Romo bothers me, but he just does, and I can't really stand watching him. And you can't watch a game without the volume on, especially the Super Bowl, because the minute they go to the commercials, you kind of want to see them. And I had people over the house who wanted to see the game. But you know what? It's my house and my rules. So uh, at the midpoint of the game, I said, you know what? Let's watch the play-by-play on Nickelodeon, because I had heard Nickelodeon is doing its own play-by-play. This got to be better than the analysis than by Tony Romo. So I turn over, <laughs> I don't know if I was a very popular character when I decided to do this, but again, it was my house. We put out the food, the beer. So uh, Dora the Explorer, when we turn the channel over to Nickelodeon to watch the Super Bowl, Dora, if you don't have kids, is like a popular character on Nickelodeon. She was explaining, uh, or they asked her what she thought about the first uh, quarter, because, you know, no TDs were scored. And here's what Dora the Explorer was saying at the time. <laughs> Well, no points really all that much. What does Dora think about all this? Okay. Who needs a map to help find the end zone? <laughs> okay. Dora coming through with the petty. A little shade. A little yeah. shade. Yeah. So Dora her. throwing a little shade on the uh, Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, then... Uh, she explained some of the rules because, you know, it's like kids watching. So there was a holding call and a couple other calls. And Dora comes up to explain the rules. Holding is the illegal grabbing of a player who is not in possession of the football in order to gain an advantage. Both offensive or defensive players can be called for holding. Say it with us. Players, no. Players, no holding. Okay. At this point, I have to say the Nickelodeon thing was almost as annoying as Tony Romo was. So we switched it back, but not before. The whole theme of the Super Bowl and Nickelodeon was SpongeBob. So everybody in the audience looked like fish. Check it out. Here we have LeBron James hanging out with Vin Diesel. And don't forget about Billie Eilish, because she's also here. And let's not forget Herring Style, because he looks amazing. 
Right. It was at this point that most of the crowd at the house told me, okay, we can take Tony Romo over that. So we turned it back. Uh, the commercials were, you know, they were pretty good last night. I thought one of the interesting ones was this super PAC ad supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s independent bid for the White House. I didn't know that this ad was going to be on. And it was a remake of his uncle's 1960 campaign spot. Uh, it was around the second quarter went on. <laughs> want a man for president who's seasoned through and through a man who's old enough to know and young enough to do well it's up to you it's up to you it's strictly up to you now at my house i don't know about yours but my house that caught everybody's attention the ad featured some pictures of rfk jr testifying in front of congress a skiing alongside the words vote independent I'd be curious to know what you thought in your house, but uh, it stopped. People stopped what they were doing, shoving food into their mouth and drinking beer to watch that ad. Uh, there was a bunch of others, the uh, T-Mobile ads with uh, Jason Momoa and Zach Braff. That made me laugh. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, Will Arnett did the voiceover for these humorous Reese's ads. That had me laughing, too. I mean, I wasn't, you know, hysterically laughing. I had me chuckling, I guess is the best way. We're making a big change to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. No! 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 <laughs> We're adding a delicious layer of caramel. Yes! 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 I love caramel! Yes! Yes! Yeah, this one was a little more visual. Uh, the Popeye's commercial with Ken Jeong. Uh, he's awoken after 52 years of being frozen because he was waiting for the invention of the best chicken wing. That'll be chuckling a little bit as well. You're freezing me. That means... Yes. There's a better chicken wing. Popeyes. The sailor man? No. <laughs> the chicken place. And the one that roundly got a lot of attention was the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. I don't know if you saw that one. The star-studded one. New England, Boston roots, huge names. Former Patriots quarterback Tom Brady joined by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as they promote the coffee brand. And what the ad is set up is that J-Lo, who, of course, is dating Ben Affleck, is in the recording studio trying to put an album together. And Ben Affleck sneaks in to see if he can sneak his song onto her album. Last year, she came to my work. Now I got to show her what I can do. He's here. Ah, uh, Fleck on the track. What up, Bronx? For your consideration, here comes the Boston Massacre. The Dumb Kings. Touchdown, Tommy on them keys. Play a coach. Got it. I'm open. And need no interaction, my partner. Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. You said you were going to support me. Dumb Kings! So a couple good ads during the uh, Super Bowl game and a great game. I should probably point that as well. WABC News Time 509. The big story tomorrow morning for Joe Nolan will be this winter storm that is coming in. It's going to be a rude awakening. It was beautiful on Saturday. Pretty nice 
yesterday. It'll be kind of nice today, but then tonight it all goes downhill. This fast-moving winter storm going to speed up the coast tonight, deliver snow to much of our area by early tomorrow morning. It'll start overnight. We could see a pretty significant snowfall uh, north and west of the city, but we could get snow here as well. So northwest of I-287, we'll see the greatest amounts of snow with predicted eight or more inches in the Catskills, Poconos, Sussex County, and New Jersey. Winter storm warnings are in effect for those areas. A new guidance, though, this morning suggests even parts of the city could get two to four inches of snow. No matter how much snow or slush, we will have all the details right here tomorrow morning. So keep it here, 77 WABC for the news hour. We'll be following it overnight and into tomorrow morning. New York City here in the city, Mayor Adams issuing an 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew now for more than 20 migrant shelters across the city. It begins tonight. This curfew will apply to 3,600 people and brings the total number of shelters with curfews to 24. The New York Daily News reports the increase in curfews comes after city officials linked various crimes to migrants. Among the 20 new shelters getting curfews is a large one in Long Island City, Queens, which houses about 1,000 migrants. The city opened more than 200 emergency shelters since waves of migrants began arriving in the spring of 2022. Lisa Salvati, NBC News Radio, New York. WABC News Time 511. A special force of the Israeli military rescued two Israeli hostages that were held in the Gaza city of Rafa in just this wild moment for Shin Bet in the last 12 hours. It is the second time since the October 7th Hamas massacre that Israel Defense Forces conducted a successful rescue to free hostages. An IDF spokesperson saying the two rescued hostages, Fernando Merman, who's 60 years old, and Louise Har, who's 70, were evacuated in a helicopter to a hospital inside Israel, both apparently in good medical condition. Merman and Har were kidnapped from a kibbutz on October 7th. So this is what we're being told. Forces from the Shin Bet Special Operations Unit and the Israeli counterterrorism using an IDF Navy SEALs arrived at this building in the heart of Rafa, where these two hostages were being held by Hamas. Uh, the IDF says these forces uh, covertly reached this building, went to the second floor, blew up a door of the apartment with explosives, and then killed the three militants who were holding these two hostages. While that was happening, the Israeli Air Force was conducting heavy strikes in Rafa as a diversion to allow the extraction of these two hostages. But they are back in Israel in the Israeli Shin Bet, the IDF, the Israeli Navy force that were involved, all being applauded for getting those two hostages out. 513, let's bring it back home. Two people injured, a shooter dead following a shooting. At Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church in Houston yesterday. We worship together, we cry together, but we rebuild together. So this woman entered the church yesterday afternoon. She was wearing a trench coat, a backpack armed with a long rifle, began shooting two off-duty officers, then engaged her, striking her. She had entered with a five-year-old child who was hit during this incident and is in critical condition. Another man hit in the leg is receiving treatment at a local hospital. Currently unknown what the motive was or how the child was related to this gunwoman. You know, we don't understand why these things happen, but we know God's in control. And we're going to pray for that little five-year-old boy and pray for the 
lady that was deceased, her family and all, and, and the other gentlemen. But Boy, but good job done by these two off-duty cops to stop this before it just got totally out of hand. Osteen says the good forces will overcome the bad ones always in the end. We're, we're going to stay strong. We're going to continue to to move forward. And There are forces of evil, but the, the forces that are for us, the forces of God are stronger than that. 514, let's go down to Washington Republicans. It's going to try again to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who took to the news shows over the weekend, acknowledging, he says, the U.S. immigration system is broken. He says it's up to Congress to pass legislation to get it fixed. A bipartisan group of senators have now presented us with the tools and resources we need. Mayorkas claims Republicans did not even read what was in this bipartisan Senate border bill before striking it down. House Republicans accusing Mayorkas of breaking the law in his handling of the southern border. Another impeachment vote is expected this week, and the thought is they may have enough votes this time to make it happen. Fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it. Yes, so Mayorkas says, uh, bring it on. He says he's not worried about that impeachment. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Monday. Good morning, Justin Ellick. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown. Kansas City. McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side. A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game. 25-22. And the Chiefs Kingdom has started its own history class. Because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. And it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Champions of Super Bowl 58 on the heels of Super Bowl 57. Thank you, Noam Aladin. Following that cut, there you have it from Las Vegas last night, courtesy of CBS. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid have officially made the Kansas City Chiefs a dynasty following their overtime rally to beat the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 in Super Bowl 58. Last night becoming the NFL's ninth repeat Super Bowl champs with their win in last year's Super Bowl 57 as well. The Chiefs captured their third title in five years, a run that puts them among the league's greatest franchises now. Even if they didn't take the most exciting route in getting there last night, the Super Bowl in Vegas, it was a sloppy, mistake-filled affair that was mostly boring until the back-and-forth fourth quarter and overtime. It was the second of 58 Super Bowls to be tied after regulation and the first played under new overtime rules that ensured both teams got the ball in that extra time. The Chiefs trailed 22-19 to after Jake Moody kicked a 27-yard field goal on the first possession of overtime, but Mahomes rallied the Chiefs, completing another impressive comeback in a rematch of the Super Bowl four years ago. Mahomes ran eight yards on fourth and one to keep the Chiefs' chances alive and then scrambled 19 yards to set up the winning score, which came at the 14:57 mark into the extra period just before what would have been the second overtime period. Mahomes and Reed are now halfway to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, who won six championships in 20 years together with the New England Patriots and were the most recent team to go back-to-back following the 2003-2004 seasons. The 28-year-old Mahomes becomes the fourth starting QB to win three Super Bowls, joining Brady, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, and Troy Aikman.
Still only 28. He's got a ways to go. Out in the NBA, no local action yesterday, but the Knicks are set to return to action tonight on the road. They'll top off in Houston against the Rockets at 8 p.m. Nothing to get to on the ice either, but we can look forward to the Rangers and Devils both dropping respective 7 p.m. pucks tonight. The Blue Shirts will welcome in the Calgary Flames while the Devils host the Seattle Kraken. That is your uh, Super Bowl hangover sports report, Gnome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just, say that again. Yeah, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. Let's go down to Washington. The White House continues to push back against that special counsel report on classified documents that suggested the president should not be charged for having those classified documents in his house in Delaware, but also talked about the fact that he was, they described him as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. And over the weekend, uh, all the Biden fans were pushing back against that notion, including his vice president, Kamala Harris, who says that's not true. So the way that the president's demeanor in that report was characterized could not be more wrong on the facts and clearly politically motivated, gratuitous. Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, another person saying that the president's just fine. The special counsel made gratuitous, unnecessary, and inaccurate personal remarks, and those are improper. He is sharp, intensely probing, and detail-oriented and focused. The special counsel did this in the case, made a conclusion that there is no case Case closed. Yeah, but it does beg the question why the president didn't take CBS up on its offer to do the presidential interview that most do take the uh, network up before the Super Bowl. You got like 100 million people watching on an election year. You would think it's just a free advertisement for the White House, but they did not take up CBS on that. Of course, that had people raising their eyebrows. And it is the same old story. This staggering majority of voters feel President Biden is too old to serve out a second term in office. This, according to a new poll, a whopping 86 percent of U.S. adults felt that the 81 year old Biden too old for another term. It was an ABC News Ipsos poll that was released Sunday in the aftermath of that blistering special counsel report that noted apparent memory issues for the president. Among those voters, 59 percent that said that both Biden and his potential rival, Donald Trump, are too old. 27 percent say they felt Biden, but not Trump, was too old for the poll. Either way, the number's not good for the president. The number's not great for the uh, former President Trump either. He was out on the uh, campaign trail over the weekend speaking before the NRA. Now I stand before you with a very simple promise. Your Second Amendment will always be safe with me as your president. When I'm back in the Oval Office, no one will lay a finger on your firearms. The remarks coming at the convention of the NRA uh, right outside of Philadelphia, in Harrisburg, uh, Pennsylvania. If Crooked Joe gets four more years, his second term will make his first term look like paradise. We're not going to have a country left anymore. We're not going to let it happen. We can never, ever let that happen. And then over the weekend, you had all the Trump naysayers. They were out as well. Former GOP presidential candidate, former governor Chris Christie says it's a terrible choice. Biden versus Trump. Both of these candidates are people who are being questioned for their competence and being questioned for their character. And that's a problem for the American people. 
Chris Christie says he knew the GOP race was over in the first debate when six of the eight candidates on the stage said that he would support Trump even if he's convicted. One was President Biden's memory, lack of memory, his condition. And secondly was that President Biden cooperated once documents were discovered. Christie uh, says uh, he's not looking to run as a third party candidate. And, uh, well, he wasn't doing good as a Republican, so not clear that he would do good as a third party candidate. I can't see anybody um, doing that at the moment. But, you know, no one knows what's going to happen as we go forward. And a GOP senator saying uh, dismissing any notions that former President Trump has already taken over the Republican Party ahead of the election in November. What President Trump saw about this bill is what most Arkansans saw about it, what all but four Republican senators saw, which is that it does not solve the problem. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton says Trump was not the reason Senate Republicans voted down that bipartisan border bill. That was what Democrats had alleged. Let's go overseas. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says defeating Hamas is not only a win for Israel, but also a win for the Palestinians. The most important power that has to remain in Israel's hands is overriding security control in the area west of the Jordan. That includes Gaza. Otherwise, history has shown terrorism comes back. Netanyahu says he believes Palestinians won't have a future if Hamas is victorious in the region. Should the Palestinians have an army? Should they have a, a, can they sign a military pact with Iran? Can they import uh, rockets from North Korea and other deadly weapons? The Palestinians should have the powers to govern themselves, but none of the powers to threaten Israel. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, meanwhile, disrupting, or rather I should say disputing, reported numbers of civilian casualties in Gaza since the start of the Israeli-Gaza war. We've brought down the civilian terrorist casualties, the ratio, down below one to one, which is... uh, considerably less than in any other theater of similar warfare, and we're going to do more. So this is what he's saying. He's saying that 12,000 of the 20,000 casualties in Gaza have been Hamas fighters. We've killed and wounded over uh, 20,000 Hamas terrorists. Out of that, about 12,000 fighters. And we're doing everything we can to minimize civilian casualties. And that war, of course, in Gaza, problems back home in Washington. The ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee says the future of Palestinians is the center of the disagreements between the White House and Israel. You can't have a situation where there is no hope and no future for the Palestinian people in Gaza and in the West Bank, for that matter. Washington State Democratic Congressman Adam Smith says the U.S. and the Biden administration fully support Israel in its fight against Hamas. According to Smith, any kind of peace agreement hinges on a promise of safety and security for Palestinians in Gaza, too. Saudi Arabia is poised to do a peace agreement with Israel and the U.S., but not if there's no future for the Palestinian people. 526. As the Lunar New Year celebrations kick off in the Bay Area, out in San Francisco, a proposal being considered to install a statue of martial arts legend Bruce Lee in San Francisco's Chinatown. That makes a lot of sense to me. Lee memorabilia collector Jeff Chin is working with the Bruce Lee Foundation to honor his hero with a statue in Portsmouth Square. Lee's daughter Shannon supports the move, saying the Bay Area is a very rich and vital part of their legacy. The San Francisco Arts Commission is currently reviewing and deciding which monuments and memorials will be put up in the city. Nika Magahis, NBC News Radio. Nothing better than a Bruce Lee movie. A new flavor of Coca-Cola going to be hitting store shelves soon. Coca-Cola Spiced is set to go on sale February 19th, marking the beverage company's first new permanent flavor in three years. The new flavor is described as a burst of refreshing raspberry flavors and spiced notes. The company is also launching a flavor called Happy Tears that will be available exclusively on TikTok on February 17th 
to mark Random Acts of Kindness Day. That flavor is described as the taste of Coca-Cola paired with a splash of salty minerals. Mm. I'm Mark Mayfield. That sounds so good. Opening bell rings this morning on Wall Street after stocks close mix on Friday to end the trading week at the closing bell. The Dow fell 54 points. S&P 500 rose 28. The Nasdaq added 196 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Monday, February 12th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center could see some sun this morning. Otherwise, it's going to be a mostly cloudy day. High 49 tonight. And overnight, a mix of snow and rain. That's the snowstorm that's coming in, the low 33. And then Tuesday, we'll see a snow and rain mix. We could get um, three to four inches here in the city, a little more north and west of the city. The high tomorrow will be 41. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 38 and cloudy in Old Westbury out on Long Island, 37 and cloudy in Kenilworth down in New Jersey, and 36 and a few clouds outside our Midtown studios. We'll start this half hour out on Long Island, all eyes on the special congressional election in the 3rd District out on Long Island and in portions of Queens tomorrow Voters are going to pick between Democrat and former Congressman Tom Swazi and the Republicans' choice, Mozzie Pillip, to fill the seat George Santos was given the boot from in December. Pillip, a relative newcomer, says voters are telling her that the economy and the migrant mess are the biggest concerns right now. The top issue, the major issue that's really bothering the, the district, uh, the migrant, illegal immigrants, since President Biden took place together with Thomas Wazi, when he was in uh, majority, they opened the border. And we have millions coming to this country, illegal. We don't know if they are criminals. We don't know if they are terrorists. Swazi says he knows his way around Congress. He was there in the, from this district before, before he left the gig to run for, unsuccessfully for governor. And that's why he says he thinks he can bring Democrats and Republicans together to fix what is wrong at the U.S. southern border and the migrant mess back here in New York. Uh, the Republicans, you want to build a wall? Go build a wall. That's fine. Democrats, you want to get more uh, immigration judges? You want to invest in radar? You want to invest in uh, Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala, where most of the immigrants are coming from because uh, their lives are so miserable in those countries. Let's make a deal. It can't be my way or the highway. People have got to work together to solve these problems. So lots of people voted early. Early voting ended yesterday. And then, of course, the election is Tuesday. So far, people who have shown up for the early voting have had pretty clear idea who they wanted to vote for. I don't know her that well. I'm just hoping that she will stick to the conservative values. Well, for her, I, I don't believe much what she says. I can't accept Trump, so therefore I will vote Democratic. It become a little difficult to uh, easily sway, and I'm comfortable with that. I just don't want to be easily swayed by fools. So two polls taken ahead of tomorrow's election show the race between Pillip and Swazi is way too close to call. Both of them are like three or four points with Swazi ahead, but that was within the margin of error. Of course, keep it here, 77 WABC. We will follow this election till the last vote and, of course, have analysis right here on WABC. The wife 
and daughter of former mob boss John Gotti Jr. arrested following a brawl at a high school basketball game on Long Island. Kimberly and Gianna Gotti were arrested for assault and accused of punching a woman in the face during a varsity basketball game at Locust Valley High School. The former mob boss told News 12 Long Island that the alleged victim is the one at fault. She threw a punch and hit my wife in the head. My wife and my daughter would not press charges against anybody else. That's the only reason why they did. Both schools involved have released statements calling the situation appalling, and Section 8 Athletics is investigating the incident. The Gaudis are due back in court next month. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. Just this horrendous crime up in the Bronx over the weekend. Guy comes in, shoots his girlfriend dead. This is in Bedford Park. Comes in 5 in the morning. Then he shoots these two boys that are in the house that are the nephews of the victim. So Seda Bonilla apparently had been in this abusive relationship with this creep, now this murderer, when he shows up at their apartment, 5 a.m., East 203rd Street near Valentine Avenue with a gun, starts firing at the mom, kills her, uh, injures these two boys, 16 and 9. Thank God they are going to recover. And uh, there's neighbors who say that she'd been in this abusive relationship and they've seen signs of it before. I'm certain I couldn't imagine what the the families are going through. Enough is enough. It's it's all too common. So this creep, this murderer, Rosevin Castillo, 37 years old, he was on the loose for a little while, but it didn't take long for cops to catch up with them. Arrested over the weekend, faces multiple charges, including murder, attempted murder, assault, attempted assault. I mean, the list just goes on and on, endangering the welfare of a child. Uh, family members say Castillo was abusive and isolated his girlfriend, Seda, from her friends, and friends noticed. They- isolate them and control them to an extent that it is psychological uh, manipulation. There is a lot of um, emotional abuse and it tarnishes their self-esteem. Yeah, according, uh, uh, amazingly, we get these stories uh, just way too often. And according to city data, the Bronx has the highest number of domestic violence homicides of any borough. Not sure why, but that's the case. Anyway, of course, in need of help, can call the city's domestic violence hotline 800-799-7233. Or maybe you know somebody that's in an abusive relationship, you can give them that phone number. WABC News Time 539. Amazingly, nobody injured as shots were fired in a cemetery at the Kensico Cemetery. That's in Mount Pleasant. So they received 911 calls about bullets being fired at the cemetery around 3 p.m. Prompted this massive police response. The shots rang out during the end of an internment ceremony. An investigation now determined that 20 shots were fired, but amazingly nobody was struck. Here was an eyewitness. All I can say is in the middle of the afternoon, I heard what sounded like gunshots. I never gave it a really much of a thought. Uh, and then uh, county police descended, and I thought maybe there was an accident. So I came over to see if I could be of any assistance at all. And then I saw four young men in handcuffs. Yeah, so police would not give us a whole lot of details about this. They were searching through a black limo for evidence. The limo originally part of the funeral. Several men at the scene handcuffed, taken away. No official word as to why it happened. However, the detective says the men were being questioned as witnesses, not as people who carried out the crime. So I imagine as the day goes on, we'll get a few more details. Over the weekend, a new law took effect here in the city that requires businesses to inform you about credit card surcharges that will cost them more money at the register. So 
In some places, if you use your credit card to pay for something, the business gets charged like three, three and a half percent. So in a business, and usually what they do is they pass that charge on to you, right? So businesses now must post the total cost of goods or services with a credit card, including the surcharges, before you check out. They can either display the total price inclusive of the credit card surcharge or list a separate price for paying with a credit card versus cash. No doubt you've gone into places where they'll say to you, hey, if you pay me in cash, that's going to be this amount. Well, now every time you go in, if you pull out a credit card, apparently you're supposed to be informed of this. Whether this is going to work out or not, we'll have to wait and see. New York Secretary of State Roberto Rodriguez talking about this new law over the weekend. That way the consumer knows exactly what they're getting. And well, and if they choose to use cash, that they'll be getting the lesser, the lesser price. On the State Department's website, a video describes which signs businesses are allowed to display and which will soon be illegal. For example... Owners can no longer show just the percentage that'll be added for using credit cards and asking customers to do the math. Instead, the sign must show the all-in price, which, you know, that seems like a good idea. Customers were on board with that. Great idea to, for this to be as easily visible as possible for the consumer. I think the rule is fine. What we tell our customers, if you pay cash, it's this price. As long as they're ex- explaining themselves i don't have a problem with it the new rule does not apply by the way to debit cards cops here in the city searching for two suspects after a man was shot in the back last night here in manhattan the shooting happened at 20th street in the Flatiron district it was about 9 30 last night incredibly loud super super loud really scary uh probably six more maybe um and then a lot of screaming in the street um and then you know what as i was looking through the window i I saw one gentleman fleeing when cops arrived they discovered this man with a gunshot wound to his back he was taken to bellevue two suspects fled the scene a person of interest was taken into custody motivation what started the shooting that part we just don't know yet out in queens police searching for a hit and run driver the victim actually jumped onto the hood of this Nissan Pathfinder. This was in Springfield Gardens, and he started punching the windshield. Now, this is after he had been hit. Witnesses say the driver hit the brakes, and the victim rolled off, smashing his head on the pavement, and then the driver took off. It was just a completely wild scene. I'm assuming the car behind him had the hazard lights on to make sure that none of the other cars actually ran over the guy who's on the floor. Yes, so we don't have all the details on this one either, but neighbors say another driver shielded the victim from being run over. That driver who initially hit him, uh, he or she has not been found. Uh, We've been watching at these um, new menus have been rolled out in New York City public school cafeterias. So they've gotten rid of, not this is all schools, but some of them, They've gotten rid of pizza and French fries, which is what kids live on. And they're taking their place on this menu for kids is chickpea stew, veggie burgers, zucchini bread, and veggie nuggets. City Hall claims the new foods are healthier, but trash cans at these schools, as you might not be surprised about, are full of meals that have not been eaten. A lot of kids don't eat, so they're hungry and they're tired and they don't participate or um, perform well in their classes. Yeah, of veggie burgers... Chickpea stew, zucchini bread, veggie nuggets. Not shocking that the kids aren't going for that. A Brooklyn elementary school principal telling the New York Post over the weekend that he has been told the change in menu is saving the school system money, but he says kids want their favorite foods back. We'll have to see if that happens. Uh, 
Uh, it's hard to imagine the kids taking chickpea stew for lunch. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw, touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game! 25-22! And the Chiefs Kingdom has started its own history class! Because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs, champions of Super Bowl 58 on the heels of Super Bowl 57. Well, there you have it, Noam Layden from Las Vegas last night, courtesy of CBS, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid officially made the Kansas City Chiefs a dynasty following their overtime rally to beat the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 to in Super Bowl 58 last night. i got to check in with my uh, my parents are out in uh, Israel. They kind of trade places with us now. Right. So i got to check and, um, and make sure if they watch the game. It would, it would have aired probably, what, like 4 o'clock in the morning? Then? It would have been 1 in the morning, right? One, 7 one, hours ahead. Yeah, 4 o'clock was close enough, though. <laughs> <laughs> 1 a.m., so we'll have to check in with them, see if they uh, watch the game. But here, local time, 6.30 p.m., Super Bowl 58 did kick off, and uh, the Chiefs, they prevailed 25-22, to 22, becoming the NFL's ninth repeat Super Bowl champs with their win in last year's Super Bowl 57 as well. The Chiefs captured their third title in five years, a run that puts them among the league's greatest franchises now, even if, even if they didn't take the most exciting route in getting there last night. The Super Bowl in Vegas was a sloppy, mistake-filled affair that was mostly boring until the back-and-forth fourth quarter and overtime. It was the second of 58 Super Bowls to be tied after regulation and the first played under new overtime rules that ensured both teams do get the ball. The Chiefs trailed 22-19 after Jake Moody kicked a 27-yard field goal on the first possession of overtime, but Mahomes rallied the Chiefs completing another impressive comeback in a rematch of the Super Bowl four years ago. Mahomes ran eight yards on fourth and one to keep the Chiefs' chances alive and then scrambled 19 yards to set up the winning score, which came uh, just about at the 15-minute mark into the extra period just before what would have been the second overtime frame. Mahomes and Reed are now halfway to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, who won six championships in 20 years together with the New England Patriots and were the most recent team to go back-to-back following the 2003-2004 seasons. The 28-year-old Mahomes becomes the fourth starting QB to win three Super Bowls, joining Brady, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, and Troy Aikman. They're getting a lot of flack, uh, the 49ers, for not taking the ball. Yeah. Right? In the, the, the overtime? Yeah, I mean, the logic there is you want to wait and see what the other team does. Right. But, if you know, I, I mean, it's tough. I, both teams get the ball. So, you know, in, in, in the updated overtime rules, I would have to, I'd be inclined to agree with you. You know, if a touchdown right off the bat there doesn't win the game, you got to, um, you know, you get you get a chance to get the ball either way. So uh, I, I would probably have to be ag- agree with you there, Noam. But uh, you got to be, uh, I guess, aggressive in these in these instances. Kyle Shanahan rolling the dice, you know. The, I, the only thing I can say is that the defense looked 
pretty bad towards the end of the yeah. game, and maybe he just felt like I'll give him a little more rest. Right, exactly. And they, uh, I'm not sure if they ended regulation on the field or not, but that would have again lended to uh, lended to giving them an, an extra breather there to start overtime. So. Right. But uh, you can't you can't harp on decisions like that. Uh, I think the 49ers well, you do, can. Well, of course well, you have I the guess. whole offseason to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess you can. You're Since right. When? Especially, <laughs> just, listen, especially if you're Cal Shanahan now, he's lost three Super Bowls. So um, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's he's not getting over that anytime soon. Out in the NBA uh, or in the NHL, no no action last night. You get the Knicks tonight at eight p.m. They'll tip off in Houston against the Rockets, and you get the Rangers and Devils tonight, both at seven p.m. The Rangers welcome in the uh, Calgary Flames, and the Devils host the Seattle Kraken. Back to uh, regularly uh, scheduled programming, I guess. After this uh, exciting, if you will, NFL <laughs> season, right? No, yeah. that's sports. I'm Justin Ellick on seventy-seven WABC. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. It's the winter. It's back. We're going to be in for a rude awakening tonight and tomorrow after what was just kind of a beautiful weekend Saturday, right? 60 degrees. Yesterday wasn't too bad. But after that midwinter thaw, this fast-moving winter storm going to speed up the coast today, deliver snow to much of the region by early tomorrow. Significant snowfall well north and west of the city. Northwest of 287, we'll see the greatest amounts of snow with eight or more inches in the Catskills, Poconos, Sussex County out in New Jersey. Jersey. The winter warnings are in effect for those areas. And we're getting some new guidance this morning that suggests parts of the city could get two to four inches of snow uh, from the overnight into tomorrow morning, no matter how much snow or slush we get. Of course, keep it here. 77 WABC. Joe's going to have all the details on the roadways and I'll have all the details out in the newsroom. So make sure you're here tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. as the storm blows through. Mayor Adams. Are you sure you're going to be here at 5 a.m. tomorrow? Um, usually I am because I have to do the show called the news hour with Noah right. Layden. and if i wasn't here who would do the show well you may be snowed in in jersey city i don't think so two to four inches is not gonna snow me you sure yeah i've been i've go, i've driven through just about everything over two to the four years. just keeps your wife home on a saturday night <laughs> yeah. Jesus, come on Sid. yeah save it for your <laughs> show <on>. Sid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Mayor Adams issuing an 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew now to 20 more migrant shelters starting today. This curfew will apply to 3,600 people and brings the total number of shelters with curfews to 24. The New York Daily News reports the increase in curfews comes after city officials linked various crimes to migrants. Among the 20 new shelters getting curfews is a large one in Long Island City, Queens, which houses about 1,000 migrants. The city opened more than 200 emergency shelters since waves of migrants began arriving in the spring of 2022. Lisa Salvati, NBC News Radio, New York. We've been watching overseas in Israel the special force of the Israeli military rescuing two Israeli hostages who were held in the Gaza city of Rafah. It's the second time since the October 7th massacre that Israel Defense Forces conducted a successful rescue operation to free the hostages. In this latest one, the two who were rescued, 60-year-old Fernando Merman and 70-year-old Louise Har, evacuated in a helicopter to a hospital inside Israel. They're both in good condition. They were kidnapped back on October 7th. This is what we're being told. Forces from the Shin Bet Special Operations Unit, the Israeli Police Counterterrorism Unit, and the IDF Navy SEALs arrived at this building in the middle of Rafah 
And what Israeli forces did at the same time is they set off some missiles and explosions in other parts of Rafah to distract everyone. And they were able to get into this building where Hamas was holding these two hostages. The forces managed to covertly reach the building. They went to the second floor, blow up a door of an apartment with an explosive. They kill three militants who were holding those two hostages. And the Israeli Air Force conducting those heavy strikes in Rafah as a diversion. And they were able to get those two hostages safely back to Israel. Back here, a wild scene down in Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church in Houston. A woman shows up to church yesterday with a gun. We worship together, we cry together, but we rebuild together. So this woman enters the church Sunday afternoon. She's wearing a trench coat, a backpack armed with what authorities call a long rifle. She began shooting. Thank God for these two off-duty officers. They engaged her. They struck her. She reportedly entered with a five-year-old who was also unfortunately hit during the incident. Critical condition. Another man hit in the leg, receiving treatment at a local hospital. Not known if this five-year-old was related to the gun uh, gun woman, I guess I should say. You know, we don't understand why these things happen but we know god's in control and we're going to pray for that little five-year-old boy and pray for the lady that was deceased her family and all and and the other gentlemen but Uh, but again amazing job done by those off-duty cops who were able to take this woman down essentially before she could do any harm let's bring it back to new york for the third time In the last few weeks, thieves have stolen jet skis from the front lawns of homes near the water on Long Island. This homeowner, he's in Wontaw. He woke up and saw that his jet ski was on, and he looked back at his doorbell camera and watched as these thieves brought in a U-Haul truck. (laughs) This is pretty amazing. Overnight, they uh, break open the lock that's holding his jet ski down and load it onto this U-Haul truck and drive away. Nobody notices. Good luck hooked it up to the trailer, to the truck, and drove away in less than two minutes. We saw the U-Haul truck pull up, and they cut the lock. Yeah, it took two minutes for them to walk off with the jet ski. Apparently, they think, Nassau County cops, that these crimes, the other two, are connected to this one that took place in Wanta. The Long Island Beach Polar Bears doing their annual plunge yesterday to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. The nonprofit, of course, grants life-changing wishes to women, or rather children, who are sick. It brings great joy to me. It uh, it warms my heart. Uh, the Long Beach community, the south shore of Long Island, they've embraced this. The city of Long Beach is uh, spectacular. Yeah, they've been doing this, by the way, since 2001, and amazing. They've raised $8 million since then to grant wishes for children with critical illnesses. Good job done by the Long Island Beach polar bears yesterday.